Hello, Marcus Giuliano here. Welcome to In the Weeds, the restaurant business podcast. Join me for stories and business tips that can help your restaurant journey. Welcome to episode number 21. What can we learn from professional salespeople? Professional salespeople are the what I consider the people that come into my restaurant to try to sell me products. Uh, these are the food salesmen, the wine reps, um, everything from even the person who does our dumpster uh, sanitation removal. Anybody who I come in contact that I'm going to give money to, I consider a sales professional. They're getting paid to sell me a product. Um, I deal with a lot, and I'm sure if you own a restaurant or if you're a chef, you probably deal with way too many of these people that um, walk into your restaurant unannounced or call, make an appointment. There's all different styles of salespeople. So what I want to get through today is how can we take what they do or actually what they don't do and use it in our own restaurant business? How can what, what, what lessons can we learn from the sales professional that we deal with on a regular basis? So I had a dinner last night with a, a chef friend of mine, came into the restaurant, we were sitting down talking. I, 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 love to, I love to network and mastermind with people in my industry. Um, especially other restaurant owners. I, I just really enjoy the company of people that I get along with and people that are going through the same issues, challenges that I'm going through. And um, just to sit down on a, on a leisure leisure basis uh, is awesome. So spent some time with uh, with this friend last night and um, Jamie and I and him and his, uh, his significant other. And of course, we had some great wine, right? You, 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 I can't get together with a chef friend and not 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 have some cool wine and stuff like that, and and just catch up. But we started talking about um, salespeople, and it's funny because sometimes a salesperson will work work very well for him, but not well for me. So as we go through this list of all of these professionals. Um, one trend keeps coming up, came up over and over and over again. Um, it's frequency. Frequency is super important for keeping us chefs, us restaurant owners, um, keeping us in mind. So we we both agreed unanimously. We both agreed like, hey, um, the more you come see us, uh, but not in an annoying way. The more you come see us, the more you pay attention to us, the more you're a benefit to me, the more I'm going to buy from you, the more you're a benefit to me. So I had a sales rep years and years and years ago. Um, I never bought anything from him. Um, and I don't think he ever learned his lesson because uh, this is a mutual. Uh, my my friend also knows this salesperson. And uh, he said to me, he was very, very, very hurt by you years ago, Marcus, like very hurt. And he never really got over um, what had happened, and what had happened was he had come to us, uh, I think, in year three of us being open, year two, which, folks, I was bankrupt those years. It was just like it, it, to go week to week um, or night to night just knowing that I was opening the door and I was going to be able to make money that night was a blessing. I'm like, okay, I can at least pay a bill tomorrow because I'm getting, you know, a thousand whatever dollars in my bank account tonight again, dropped in in the morning from credit card sales. So for me, it was like, oh my gosh, my account's zero. Um, more sales are coming in tomorrow. I can buy more wine. I can pay this. I can do that. But he came to me in the slowest months of the year where I was buying zero wine. Um, I needed that money to put in the heat of the restaurant. And he knew that coming in that, hey, it's a slow time of the year. And 
came in in January, showed me some wines, came back in in February, showed me some wines. Well, when tax season rolled around or finished in April 15th, we start getting busier. So now I'm ready to start buying again because my numbers are going up. And I had called him and said, hey, um, I need to um, need to revisit this or that. I'm interested in buying wine. And his answer to me was, Marcus, um, I've made two trips up there. I can't justify driving to you for another sales call. It costs me too much money. Meantime, this sales rep lives 30 minutes from my restaurant, lives literally 30 minutes from my restaurant. And he couldn't, and he covered many counties. It wasn't like he covered just five miles in his, in his, in his, in his area. He covered, he covered a big, vast area. So coming to me was not out of the realm. And as a salesperson, you know that, especially if you're on the road like that, you're on the road. And he knew that getting into the job. So he told me that, and I said, wow, very short-sighted, extremely short-sighted. Um, you just lost a major opportunity to develop a relationship with me. Granted, I'm not going to be the best customer right now, but guess what? I'm still here 18 years later doing business, doing a great business, and the several jobs he's had afterwards, he could have really made money with us and built a long-term relationship. But funny, um, a friend of ours in Italy just started working in a new winery, and she calls me, uh, messages me, Allie. Allie goes, Marcus, I just started working for this great producer in Piedmonte. Uh, the wine's are right up your alley. And we know Allie through another another vineyard uh, in the Gavi region we've personally been to and visited. So it's it's a it's a friend of ours. And that's how we do business with relationship-based and friends. So she goes, Marcus, you're going to love this wine. Um, I'd love to get you some samples. I said, absolutely, Allie. She puts me in touch with the direct importer. The direct importer goes, okay, this company has it. Um, let me get you in touch with the sales manager. The sales manager says, okay, I'm going to put you in touch with XYZ salesperson. Let's just call this salesperson um, Michael. So he puts me in touch with Michael. And... Um, I don't didn't get the correlation because there's, there's going to be several Michaels, right? And Michael emails me back and forth, and I see the last name, and I go, "Is this the Michael from years ago? Um, that um, from an uh, XYZ company?" And he goes, "Yes." So I explained to him. I said, "Okay, we've had issues in the past, um, but I'm willing to look past those issues if you're willing to invest in 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 this relationship. If you're willing to invest." I basically said, I'm going to put the ball in your court. I'm going to put the ball in your court. So three months later, I emailed him back and said, hey, Michael, I never heard from you. He goes, I didn't think you wanted to do business with me. Here's the list of the wines and sends me the list of the wines again that he knows I already want to buy, that I'm ready to buy. And I'm like, I messaged back and said, I was very specific. The ball is in your court if you want to do business and you have to come see me in order to do that. And, you know, I, it's already given that I want this wine based upon my relationship with the vineyard. So he dropped the ball. Now, a new guy walks into this company because he loses his job already and he's lost several jobs over the years. He's his own worst enemy uh, to come to find out from, from mutual friends. And so a new sales rep basically emails me and says, Marcus, um, I work for this company. I'm the new sales rep. Uh, I was looking online at your wine list. Your wine list looks amazing. You have some really great gems in there. I feel that my company um, can fill in some gaps and provide you to go along with your theme of your wine list. And I, I look and I go, gee, wow, this is a great, very well-constructed email. So I called the guy and I said, hey, 
um, Marcus here, call him right away. And he goes, oh my gosh, thanks for calling me back so soon. I just sent an email to you. I said, yeah. He goes, I was looking at your list, your wine list. I was doing some research. I'm brand new to this company. Um, I go, do you know, like, do I have an account set up? He goes, no. He goes, I just was doing research online and for great restaurants, great wine lists and things that fit our portfolio. And that's who I'm contacting. And I said, wow, well, thank you, for, obviously, first for doing your job. And um, I said, did you take Michael's place? And he goes, uh, yes, I took Michael's place. He goes, Michael was just let go um, two weeks ago, and I'm now in this role of being the salesperson for this company. So right away, two different styles of salespeople right away. Here's Michael, who knows I want to whine, um, who, who's, who I'm such a hot client, but pays zero attention to me, zero attention to me, can't even respond to an email. And here's a guy who knows nothing about me, knows not even what I want, but can just go on and look at my wine list and, and basically say, hey, this is a great fit and I can help you keep going forward. I can't stand when, when salespeople walk in and go, here's a bottle of wine, taste it. I'm like, so I have none of this on my menu. This isn't my theme. It's not even my price point. It's like it's like nothing that I would even want. I had a salesperson from a food company go, well, here's here's our book. And I'm like, well, why don't you look at my menu? Um, if you looked at my menu, you could probably open up your book and point out what I could use instead of just handing my book and letting me do the work. So as I'm in conversation with, with, with my friend at dinner, uh, we're having a great time catching up. He goes, the reason I buy from sales reps are the sales reps who walk in and see me at least once a month. And I said, we're the same way. Jamie and I were like, we're the same way. Come see me once a month and we're going to buy product from you. Simple as that. You disappear on us, you ghost us, we're not gonna buy product from you. Because you know why? Someone else is gonna walk in the door. This is key now. This is key for restaurant owners. Somebody else is gonna walk in the door and build a relationship with me and have the frequency, the frequency the content, the content is coming in, tasting us on wine, building a relationship, building the trust. They're going to do a series of things that, and it's not that I'm going to forget the other person. It's just that this new person is going to get a portion of their business. And this new person, the more they work, the more business they're going to get. And, and we both agreed, we, all four of us agreed, sitting there having dinner, that it is definitely frequency, frequency, and content and relationship that's gonna make us buy from somebody. So I looked at my friend and I go, you know what? What can we learn as restaurant owners from these salespeople? And I said to him, I said, do you have an email campaign? He goes, I don't email, I email a couple times a year. And I said, you're not alone. 9% of restaurants out there, like 9% of restaurants actually have an active email, um, email campaign where they're sending out two emails a month, just two emails a month, three emails a month. Like most restaurants, 50% of restaurants barely send out six emails a year. And out of that, like 20% of them will send out maybe, maybe one a month every other month. Maybe, maybe. It's funny because I sign up for emails all the time. Everywhere I go, I sign up for emails. And the only time I get an email from a lot of restaurants is Mother's Day, Easter, Christmas. Like, you're already packed on Mother's Day. Why are you trying to promote Mother's Day? Give me something to come there on a Monday night when I wouldn't think of going out because it's such a cool thing, a cool deal, not even a deal, but just something cool that's going on, whether it's a band, whether it's a Thursday night, Monday night. This is, that's just an example. So I said to him, I said, what if 
we looked at it as our guests, as our clients, as our guests come to our restaurant, as being in front of them more often, giving them great content, and building that relationship with them. Those are the three things that we're learning that you and I are just now talking about with sales reps and why we don't buy. So if you think about that, if we treated our guests with that same thing, frequency, content, the trust factor, the relationship factor, would it help? And he goes, absolutely it would help. I go, well, emails. Emails are the great one of the greatest ways to communicate. Email marketing is not dead, folks. It is the long, longest digital form of marketing out there. And some will say, oh, yeah, I only have a 10% open rate. You know what? I have 11,000 people on my list. Uh, if I have a 10% open rate, that's 1,000 people opening the email, 1,100 people opening the email. If I do that three days a week, that's 3,000 people that are opening my email, which is exactly what I'm doing. And I get more than a 10% open rate. I get a 12, 15, 16, sometimes 18 if I do resends or whatever the topic is. Um, but during the pandemic, I was literally, literally doing emails every single day to keep people up to date on con content, on how to be safe, free gloves we're giving out, making people trust us, the, everything from, from all the cool things we were offering and making it easier for them for the pandemic, whether we could deliver, curbside, whatever. The changes were happening so quick that we were just constantly flooding them with content and people were home. We had their attention. Now, of course, building trust on Facebook with content, things like that. But we don't like it when salespeople ghost us. Why would we ghost our guests? Why would we just totally disappear in them? Like the only time they the only time they ever know about us or hear about us is when they're in our restaurant. That's the only time. Like that's to me, if you're not doing that, you're not you shouldn't be complaining about your sales. You should not be complaining and say, well, you know what? This no. Get yourself out there, create content, create a relationship, and create the frequency of that. The frequency. I know this scenario that I that I mentioned to all of you, if you're a restaurant owner. You probably don't disagree that, hey, if a salesman ghosts me and another salesman pays attention to me, I'm going to switch my attention. Well, guess what? If you ghost your guests and another restaurant starts doing those three things, those three things are going to lose you business because your competition's doing it. And, folks, emails are so inexpensive. Posting on Facebook is so inexpensive. Going on video live is so inexpensive to go live on a video. Like, it's insanely inexpensive to do all this. It costs it costs almost nothing. For me to send out 11,000 emails at one shot um, several times a week, when you break that down um, to the cost, cost of per email, it's nothing. It's so easy to get ROI on that, insanely easy. And I have lots of content on email marketing. Um, but people say, well, what do I talk about? Well, you talk about what's cool, interesting content. Is it asparagus season? Talk about how to cook asparagus. Soft shell crab season right now. Um, one of the most common questions about soft shell crabs is do they have to be fried when they're cooked? Believe it or not, that's the number one question people ask on soft shell crabs. Do they have to be fried? Well, you as a chef, as a restaurant owner, can probably answer that very easily and, and help a lot of people. Asparagus. How to properly cook asparagus? Do you need to peel asparagus? Do you need this? You can find answers and questions to any of this food content that would make <laughs> that would make people's lives easier. That could build trust, build a relationship, and make you not seem like you're some creepy salesperson just walking in and trying to sell them. Because on the other side, we don't like to be sold stuff either. We like to be we like to make the decision. People love to buy but hate to be sold, and that is so true wherever you are. People 
love to buy but hate to be sold. And we can all pull out a cheesy salesperson when they walk in to your restaurant or wherever they, whatever they are. Cheesy salespeople suck. But if that person walks in and solves a problem and gives us options without trying to sell us something, we're going to say, well, gee, well, how much is it? I want it now. Like, I really need this and I'm going to buy this. So that's the difference of that. So don't, if you're creating all this content for your guests, which you need to be, don't be that cheesy salesperson. Make it so it helps their lives. Make it so it improves their lives. And there's so many ways you can do this. Um, you can just do polls and surveys uh, on your Facebook, social media platforms, or you can go right to Quora, Q-U-O-R-A.com. Type in a question. Type in asparagus. See what happens. Type in lobster. And it'll tell you the top questions that people are asking about lobster. Now, if those people are asking the questions about lobster, your guests are asking the same questions about lobster. Believe it or not, I'm sitting down with, with friends the other day having lunch, and my one friend goes, Marcus, a non-restaurant industry, what's salt pork? And then the one person next to him goes, oh, well, it's this. And then they go, well, no, I'm confused. Salt pork, slab bacon, pork belly, um, uncured, cured. So now they're like, talking back and forth, and of course, I stepped in to solve and answer the questions. But these are the people, these are the things that people are already asking in your restaurant that you can legitimately answer for them through your content and trust building. So what is pork belly? That was actually one of our emails. What is pork belly? What is a pork belly steak? Why is pork belly different than bacon? People don't know that. And once they know the difference, they're like, oh, wow, restaurant XYZ, Marcus's restaurant has pork belly. Let's go there and try the pork belly. And this is all content that you can take and recreate the same content. And so if you're sending out an email on Monday and it's, let's just say, let's keep it simple on pork belly, like what, it, why, what pork belly versus bacon, and you create this great email and you have a couple pictures or one picture or whatever, you take snippets of that or the whole email in general and copy and paste it into your Facebook or create the same uh, content but maybe a different presentation. Maybe you want to do a video format for your Facebook uh, versus a scripted a text format for your email. Or maybe you want to do a teaser in both and send them to your website for the rest of the video or the rest of the information that'll then show them the menu and show them the pricing and show them things that will help them buy the, your product on their own. So there's so many really cool things that you can do but remember, <laughs> what can you learn from your salesperson, um, sales professionals that come in? There's a lot to learn from them, a ton to learn from them. All right, folks, um, if you don't have my book by now, 50 Mistakes That Business Owners Make, I highly encourage you to go grab that. Go to 50mistakes.com. We do ship that out all over the world. The book is free. You just pay for shipping. And there's tons of other great things on my website, um, free um, food cost formulas, all kinds of free guides that'll help. I, it drives me crazy. I can't stand when restaurants have to close. I just read a thing the other day, a local restaurant here in Elville. You know, we're closed. Thank you, this and that. And it breaks my heart every time a restaurant closes. And what breaks my heart is they just need more information. They just need more help. They need more guidance. Um, you don't expect every Hall of Fame baseball player, basketball player had their own coach. They weren't. We're not naturals at this, folks. I have a coach. I have two coaches. We're not even the most successful restaurant tours. Restaurant tours are not naturals. 
we still need help. We might be above other people. We might have different skills and talents. might have different dedication levels. We might have a knack for it. But as far as learning more, the smartest, most some of the most successful restaurateurs I know, um, the most successful restaurateurs that I know, ask the most questions and listen the most. You would think, well, oh my gosh, this person's so smart. Why don't they just spew out all this information in a room? No, because they're still trying to learn and figure it out. And they have failures too. Some of the most successful restaurateurs that we all know across the country, I mean, you look at some of them, some of these big restaurant icons, they've had more restaurants closed. They've closed more restaurants, gone bankrupt in more restaurants than some of us will ever even open in our lifetime, right? They might have four, five, six, seven, eight, nine restaurants. They've had to close because they're not profitable or successful. And some of them will turn right around, keep that same space, and uh, open up a new concept and say, okay, here we go. Time for a new concept, time for something new, because the first one wasn't a success. Um, so let's learn from our failures and move forward and try this out. So you, were, you need to always be willing to learn, always willing to learn. And that's the key to success, learning. And every chef will tell you, you know, that, that you can learn. Any, this, is, this is the funny thing. Every chef will tell you, oh, you can learn from any decent chef, any good chef will tell you, you can learn from anybody. Like I've been in this industry for 20, you hear people say, I've been in this industry for 20 years and the dishwasher taught me something the other day, right? But when it comes to the chef owner, say, hey, I want to help you with your Facebook ads. Oh, Facebook ads suck. They don't work. I want emails. Oh, they don't, they don't work at all. They don't. So you just said you can learn something from a dishwasher, even a dishwasher, not to downplay a dishwasher, folks. But I can even learn from the dishwashers, a common thing that chefs will say. But yet, here's a professional that wants to help you with marketing that you know nothing about, that you know zero about marketing, you know zero about Facebook ads, you know just by boosting a post. You know nothing about this. So you're willing to say, well, no, I'm good. I'm good on that. I don't have any training on it, but I'm good. But I'm a professional chef, and I went to school for it, and I've done 20 years cooking. But hey, I'm always willing to learn something. And this is the the ironic thing in the restaurant business. Don't be that restaurant owner that's not willing to learn. And look at your salespeople and copy and model what the successful salespeople are doing to you. Reformulate it into what you can do for your guests. And don't do what the unsuccessful salespeople are in your in, in, in your realm. Because you know, you know what's going on. So folks, go check out 50mistakes.com. Get the book. Um, get some help. I'm here to help. Uh, I'd love to help. And it just, again, it just kills me in restaurants. Have to close, especially when they pour pour their, their sometimes their life savings um, into this. Into that. I mean, I was speaking to another person the other day. He was like, Marcus, it's just hard. This is my passion, but this is hard. And I'm like, I know it's hard. I know it's really hard. And, and I know it's your passion, but you've got to have a strategy and a technique. And I was like, I was like, show me your Facebook page right now. And so I'm like, dude. Why aren't you posting? If it's hard and you're not busy and you're not doing much, why aren't you posting? Uh, the restaurant that happened to close, I, I knew they were going to close. When the chef is sitting outside taking a break more than they're inside cooking, something's wrong. Nobody's creating content. Nobody's staying on top of the guests. Nobody, it's, just, it, it's, it's a whole scenario that I just explained to you um, what was going on or just part of the issue is what we're going on. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that take to make a successful restaurant, a ton of things. And ongoing education and influence and inspiration is probably the most important out of all of it. Just like I sat down, chef owner, friend, friend to, to, to 
to talk and network and do all that kind of stuff. That's so important learning. And we both learned something from the conversations. We both, at the end of the night, you know, learned something that we didn't know prior to going in. Um, so ask the right questions, listen, um, shut up, and, um, and run a successful restaurant. Um, don't be afraid to ask for help. All right, so you can find my podcast um, where anywhere that um, iTunes is, iHeartRadio, uh, Podbean, um, ChefOnAMission.com, Five Zero Mistakes. There's, there's links everywhere to our podcast in the weeds. If you want to be a guest on here, I'm more than happy to have you as a guest and share your experiences, real life experiences, stories about what made you successful, and even um, the biggest mistakes you made because we all need to learn from our mistakes. Till the next episode, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk soon.